This. Yes. <laughs> this is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast where we play Dungeons and Dragons with each other. With each other. <laughs> Hello, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Make Believe Heroes, an actual play 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons adventure. I'm your dungeon master. Yeah, he is. I can't wait. We are ready to get back in to the game, the playing of the Dungeons and the Dragons. Tonight, I'm joined by my three pals, Alan, Jeffrey, and Jeremy, who play the characters Brackle, Kjorg, and Saul. Everyone's least favorite but he's still alive <laughs> just kidding not for long we are going to hop right back into it but first let's recap what happened last time on make believe heroes so last time we played our group ventured back to branchire they had an altercation not an altercation an interaction with braxton Tarek. after an interaction with braxton Tarek, you all decided to go check out the town see how things are going as the festival of the rising sun is ending in the next two days you all did not find Branshire in its proper form as it was when you left it. Rather, the streets are littered with people. On your travels toward the Barley Barrel, you actually were able to stop a mugging that took place. And then once you reached the Barley Barrel, there was some things happened. Cure got into a scuffle and showed another half-orc who was truly the mightiest of them all. Is that right? The people's champion. The, the people's, people's champion. champion. But around the time we got inside, as Brackle was finally reunited with his friend, Lelia, and finding that she's safe and sound and learning some more things about Branchire, Saul decided to just take someone's drink Saul's, and drink it. I mean, come on. Saul's thirsty. What do you expect? He grabbed some expensive liquor, threw it back, and really ticked off some pretty large guy. And Saul almost died. But he didn't. Did not die. Almost killed a guy. And by almost, I mean he stabbed him right in the spinal cord. But and was going to cut his ear off like he deserved. Thanks to Kjorg's quick action and Brackle's quick healing, they were able to avoid a sure disaster. You reconvened with Zahn in the street, discussing your strategy for going forward from this place as you approach the final day of the Festival of the Rising Sun, the day that Braxton Tarek is set to perform some strange ritual, which you know very little. Very little. Yeah. Right here in Japan's festival. <laughs> yeah. Thank get you. it? I get it. Because of the Rising Sun. I don't get it. Uh, so... The sun is very low in the sky. It's approaching dusk as you all approach the doorstep to Braxton Tarek's home. As you are standing outside on the lawn before the house, what do you do? Uh, Brackle? Yes. So, uh, just so you know, I'm still kind of kind of beat up. Kind of kind of kind of could use some uh some of those those whatever you did to uh, you know, not people not die. My face is it's a little swollen. I think the uh the good lord there might might need to see me in my uh you know best visage. Uh so you're asking for a heal. If that's what you call it. Yes. Uh sure, I can heal you up for the sake of not having to answer any questions by Mr. Tarek. I think that would be wise, yes. I cast cure wounds and that turns out to heal 7. I've got two heals. I'll put one of them in your face. Uh, thank, thank you, Brackle. We, you finally have a purpose. I'm glad you think so. 
Oh boy. It's greatly appreciated. Now, how, how are we going to kill this man? I, I know we specifically said that, you know, information and, and all that garbage, but perhaps it's not the right thing. We do have a great opportunity here. I think maybe there should be some steps between now and the killing. I mean, such as steps right over there. Let's go. It's just, you know, I don't know. Dude, enlighten me. We need to understand what he's doing, because if we kill him, then whatever is chained might get unchained. Uh, So we need to make sure that doesn't happen. So killing him might accomplish that, but it could also just, you know, maybe it's already in process. Maybe he's just kind of there to watch it happen now. Do we perhaps go the route of torture then? I'm Yeah, I'm for that. <laughs> wow. Torture. So we wait until everyone's good and asleep. What do you say? We meet at the third hour of the night? Sure. That'll give me time to find Bridget. The fourth hour. No, the witching hour. 3 a.m. Three and a half. Three and a half no and less. three minutes. Very well. <laughs> okay, so you all firmly agree to meet at 3.33 a.m.? Yes. Correct. Okay. Do we have that accurate of a timepiece in this world? No, no, <laughs> you sure don't. So, I mean, I guess just take take your best educated guess, you know? Saul has no idea. <laughs> okay, so do you all go up the steps? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think we head up the steps and knock on the door. We're taking steps. Okay. As you all approach the door, like I mentioned last time, it's a beautiful house. Clearly in the core of the city, it's the largest of the of the homes present here. It's it's the mayor's house. You know, there's beautiful flowers out front. The grass is neatly trimmed. It's a white house uh, as you approach the door. And ri- really, as you reach out, who goes to knock on the door or Saul. what have you? Saul steps up, he raps on the door with his knuckles, or he goes to, and before you can even actually make contact with the door, the door swings open to receive you, and there is a gentleman standing there. He looks like an older gentleman. Actually, roll me a, y'all all all roll me a history check real quick. Let's get historical. I rolled an eight. Eight. I got a seven. Seven. We're doing great, guys. Brackle? Five. Okay. So, (laughs) nope. Uh, You open the door, and there's an old man standing there. He... He says, oh, uh, hello, you three. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, I was told by Sir Tarek to expect you. Uh, I assume you'll be joining him for, for supper, right? Oh, he has excellent service, I see. Yes, we'll be joining him for supper and for the night. Well, c- uh, come on in. And uh, you walk through the door first, I'm assuming. Yep. Kjorg second. Brackle last. Yeah. Yeah. Brackle, as you walk through the door, uh, the gentleman kind of stops you and says, oh, uh, Ranger. Yes, Oh, uh, it's it's good to see you again. Do I know who he is? He looks familiar, but you can't place him. Um, uh, sure. <laughs> we're great guys. The people's champion. Were, were you were you able to find um, Miss Brianna? Were you able to find her? We found uh, evidence of her, but we didn't. Uh, we have reason to believe she's safe. Oh, okay. Well, I, I mean, I, I guess that's I guess that's heartening. Evidence of her sounds like we found pieces. No, we, we found uh, that she escaped and we lost her trail. But she was at the last part of the trail at a point where she seemed safe. I see. Well, um, that's good to hear. Ever, ever since, well, ever since that night with the destruction of the house, I've, I've feared the worst for her. 
and when he says that, Brackle, you you recognize this is the old man that you that you rescued inside the burning house. Oh, oh yeah, uh, it is heartening. It warms my heart as well. Well, just like that fire that burned down your house. <laughs> you say that? No. <laughs> oh gosh. He turns to Kjorg and Saul, and he says, "Would you, you three, like to follow me? I'll, I'll take you. I'll lead you to the dining room." Yeah, I'm hungry. Do you hungry? Do do you require any anything before? Do you need to wash or anything like that? Wash. Excuse you, peasant. I just mean, you know. What is this word? Wash. Do we look like we need to wash? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to imply that. It's some people like to wash their hands and things before meal. I could stand a wash. Well, okay. Well, if you wouldn't, would or wouldn't, just follow me. I'll show you where everything's located on the way to the dining hall. And he just kind of awkwardly turns around, starts walking across the, I guess, the foyer or whatever. You step in through the door, and it's kind of the open room. This is the room that's open with like some paintings and things on the walls, with the spiral staircase leading down from the second and third floor. This is where you spoke with Tarek earlier on uh, in the day. As we're walking, I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'm gonna like lean to back and like washing. Is this? Is this a custom? Is this a human thing? It's sanitation. Sanitation. What is this sanitation? It prevents sickness and disease. Sickness. Yeah. So like when we used to give a slave the rot, it keeps the rot away. Uh, yeah, let's let's go with that. No rot. <laughs> so you guys are walking... You go up beside the staircase, uh, and he takes you back into a hallway. And as you're going through this hallway, you can kind of hear behind you the sound of the kitchens. And you see like a swinging door back there that most likely behind you would lead to the kitchen, which is to the left when you walk in the door. You're heading to the right, and as, as you head down that way, you can see at the end of the hallway, he, he points out, he says, yes, at the end of the hallway is the dining room, and, and that's where we'll, you'll be served tonight with, with supper with, of course, the mayor, and hopefully Lady Bridget as well if she's feeling up to it. But... For right now, if if you do need to wash up or, or anything, there's a, a lavatory just right here. And he leads you over to a door, and there's a couple of wash basins and some bathtubs in there. They've already got some hot waters brought in there. You can see it kind of steaming up. So if you all needed to wash up beforehand. I watch Brackle and then try to copy what he does. I just want to look around for anything small and valuable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wash up in the most awkward way possible so that I can teach bad habits. I'm just kidding. I wash up in the normal way. Okay. Uh, Kjorg, you're looking for something valuable. Let me see. I mean, you see some like little bottles with with different like scents, things in them, like crushed flower petals, and you kind of smell it. And you, it's perfume, you know, to make you smell better. You see some cloths for washing. I mean, you don't see anything gold, nothing that really looks valuable. I'm just going to dump some of those perfumes all over me. Yeah, okay. Like all of them. <laughs> Okay, so Kjorg just steps up, starts grabbing these these different things that smell good, and he just starts dumping them all over his body. Um, uh, you all, you're in there. Saul, what do you do? I, I mean, I guess I'm I'm not gonna do what Kjorg did. Right, it's all gone now anyway. Yeah, there's no more. He used all. <laughs> it's really loud in here now. <laughs> Uh, Saul's going to, once he does the washing that Brackle does, is, uh-huh. is going to pull out a cigar okay, and light it. And, Georg, do you feel okay? I feel great. <laughs> I feel pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like a cigar? So 
Yeah. <laughs> now here's a man. You see this brackle? Here's a man. And he hands uh, his lit one to Kyorg and then pulls out another one and lots it. Okay. Smoke this. <laughs> uh, smoking in in the man's house. Uh, look at Brackle. Shall we feast? Let us eat. All right. The butler guy who led you there after he showed you the lavatory and he'd already pointed you to where the dining room was. You step outside and he's no longer in the hallway. Where'd he go? Somewhere else. He's gone. Do you all head toward the dining room? I try to find this guy. No, I'm just kidding. I head toward the dining room. <laughs> okay. Where is all right. he? Uh, you turn left. You walk down short hallway, short distance, and you open the door into the dining room. And inside, it is a very, very extravagant large room. I mean, the table is it's handmade. You know, it's it's probably made from local trees and forest things like that, and um, it's perfectly smooth you know it looks like the highest craftsmanship and it looks really old like it's been here for a long time and preserved there are a number of paintings and things on the wall depicting different scenes from you know this area the eastern side of monumi a lot of things that depict like farmland and the sun and branchire you see paintings of what may have been like the first settlers and well settlers I don't know if that's the word the first people who who started building branchire and you see things like Toby that you McGuire. see you see, there's a, there's a portrait of Tobey Maguire. It's weird. You don't really know why. I mean, he hasn't really been in anything lately, but there he is. So you see a painting of the Temple of Palor and the Solaran family. And, well, who you would assume is the Solaran family because it's it's not the current Solaran family. It's, it's like paintings of probably older families from the mayoral line and things like that. The table is already being set with a huge spread of food. You already see different sides. You see... Is the mayor inside yet? No, no one no one is in there right now other than servants coming in and out of doors on the opposite end of the dining hall, which is probably just an access for the kitchens to come in and out quickly and servants to come and put the plates down, clear them out quickly. But you can see at each end of the table is a seat, one that's probably for the mayor and the other that's probably for his wife. Okay, so... Saul's going to talk to to Brackle like okay. hushedly as they move down the house towards right. the towards the room, and he's going to point out that hey, uh, you know, maybe you go see if you can find Bridget now. I want to go to the kitchen. You want to go to the kitchen? Yep. Okay. You walk toward the back and start to make your way toward the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Okay, Brackle. So there's no one else in here besides us, right? There are servants coming in and out. Okay. Uh, so I speak to one and say, do you know if the lady Bridget will be joining us tonight? We'll say there's a young lady, probably a little younger than you. She's coming in. She's bringing some small dishes and putting them down. You walk up to her and you ask her that. She says, oh, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really not sure. I haven't last I heard she wasn't feeling well. We were hoping we, you know, we've set the table for her, but I haven't heard from the mayor if she's feeling up to it, but we'll see. Saul's going to go and sit in the mayor's chair. Okay, you walk down toward the end. Kjorg, you just like follow the servants out the doors that they're... Yes. Okay. Kjorg just gets up, walks toward the back, and just walks through the swinging door and is gone. Uh, Saul <laughs> walks to the end of the table, and in a high back chair, that's obviously the mayor's chair, he plops down. What do you do? Kick your feet up on the table? I'm definitely two uh, feet on the smoking table. Smoking your cigar? Smoking a cigar. Okay. As you do so, you kind of flop down. A couple of people kind of look at you. <laughs> they don't say anything. That's good. They're kind of like... You know, like, well, they don't want to ruffle anybody's feathers. You know, they don't, they're not going to tell you what you can't do. They know that's the mayor's chair, but they're kind of like, well, maybe the mayor's okay with it. Or, Does he have feathers? We'll see. I mean, he might. Who knows, right? 
Yeah. Kjorg, you turn, you step through the swinging door and you follow the servants down toward the kitchen. There's a little hallway. This one isn't as decorated. You know, you can tell this is it's clean. It's not dirty, but it's, you know, it's the servants' quarters in there. You see some doors leading left and right, probably small rooms uh, for some of them to rest in, maybe take shifts or naps, or maybe that's their bedrooms. You don't really know. Uh, but you can smell the food coming from the kitchen. You follow the servants all the way on down. Yes. As you do see, most of the people that you're seeing here serving the food and such, they're humans and halflings. You know, it's these look like, from what your experience is, branch hearings. They look like Branchyre folk from Branchyre, born and raised. And so they're all looking up at you like, holy cow, what's this six foot plus solid black half orc doing walking down toward the kitchens? But nobody like stops you or anything. It's a people's champion. <laughs> you just keep going? Yeah. All right. You come down to the end of the kitchen, and it's kind of pandemonious in there. You know, there's a lot going on there. There's people cooking. There's people cleaning dishes. There's people prepping things and, you know, talking about what's for dessert, when the different courses will go out and things like that. And there's a gentleman sitting there. He's an older gentleman. He, he looks kind of muscular, but he, he's standing toward the middle of the room. And he's talking to a young lady who, who well, I'll say young lady. She's probably in her early 30s, late 20s. And he's kind of giving her these instructions, you know, now, okay, now, Julie, when you make sure that as soon as they're finished with this first course that you get out the dessert, okay? The mayor, he likes his dessert quick. And, and as he's saying this, he turns to you and he's like, uh, hello. Hello. Can I help you with something? No. <laughs> he looks down at the woman and she looks up at him and just kind of shrugs her shoulders and he says, I'm afraid you might be lost. This is the, are you, this is the kitchen, um, I don't think you're. Are you supposed to be in here? Yes. Okay. What's your What's your name? Kjorg. Kjorg. That's an interesting name. Are you looking for a job, Kjorg? No, I don't need a job. I'm the people's champion. Okay. What can I do for you, Kjorg? I'm sorry. I'm a I'm a little confused. We're We're in the middle of preparing for uh, the mayor's having guests tonight. Don't worry. I'm just here to hang out. To hang out and. In the kitchen. Yeah. It's just chilling. He looks at Julie and she just kind of turns around and walks <laughs> off. He says, okay. I mean, I guess pull up a chair. What? <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what. You look pretty strong. Why don't you, would you, you want to help out? No. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm just going to go about my business then. Yep. Go right ahead. Okay. He turns around and just. Goes right back into it, you know, checking everything. He's tasting a sauce here, and you know, and they're, they're taking, getting everything set. You see the plate set and everything. It looks like they're going to feed an army, but you know, as far as you know, there's no one coming. But they're preparing a huge meal. Anything small and valuable in there? <laughs> no, nothing valuable. I mean, you see like forks, knives, and spoons, pots and pans, plates. Some of the plates look fancy. Darn. What are you looking for? Anything that's worth a lot of money. Anything that's, that's, that's worth a lot of money. Okay, roll me a d20. Roll me a perception check. That's a nine. Okay, that's a nine. No, you don't see anything other than what looks like, you know, kitchenware. Darn. That's all you see. Rackle, back in the dining hall, Saul goes and sits in the mayor's chair, and you, no one's saying anything to him about it. Do you say anything? Nah. <laughs> what, you, what do you do? You just find a seat? No, I just kind of uh, perch in a corner. Uh, I, I mean, not literally. I'm not perched on like a a bust. I do picture Brackle to be somewhat bird like, if we're being honest, like a like a falcon. I mean, he spent so much time in trees. What's to be expected? <laughs> like a hawk, you know, just ready to swoop down and just. I could see that. 
I mean, yeah, but he nah, he's it's probably more like a swallow. He's live. <laughs> but is it an African swallow or a European swallow? That's the question. I've never seen that movie. <laughs> it's it's a it's a classic film. I just kind of position myself to where I can see the whole room, and I'm watching specifically for anyone who enters that I recognize, such as Braxton, Bridget, of course, and Jorg. Anyone. Jorg. Cure, people champion, uh, or any servant that I recognize who I would trust with speaking. Okay, yeah, we'll say that after a few minutes, a young guy comes walking in, uh, blonde hair, probably a little bit younger than you. You've seen him around. He's probably helped um, with different things in town, from when you're selling pelts, or you see him working in farms and such like that. So it looks like maybe he's gotten hired on to work at the house. You know him. His name is Caleb. Is he really tall? He's not. Not really. Pretty average height. So is someone I would trust to be like hey what's the deal with bridget is she okay sure yeah i would say so so i go up to him kind of take him aside and say hey so do you know what's going on with bridget is is she okay oh hey brackle um the mayor says she's been really sick do you know what kind of sickness what what's ailing her his eyes kind of dart back and forth a little bit and he's like just he just said kind of you know just under the weather i don't really know that's vague I mean, it's been it's been raining, so aren't we all under the weather? If you think about it, you know, Brackle. Now to say that you're right, that's that's deep, man. That's what it's what you learn being in the wilderness. Um, you why don't you roll me a persuasion check? Say that you're trying to persuade him to give you any information that he might, or any opinion or thoughts, anything. Seventeen. So that's pretty good. We'll say that you kind of notice him. You notice him darting his eyes back and forth, and it seems suspicious. So you might want to pry for more information. So I pry for more information. Yeah, as you're kind of peering into his eyes, talking about being under the weather, he kind of feels he's like, "Look, I, I don't, I don't really know what's going on." The mayor, I could get in huge trouble. I get in really in trouble for talking, even just talking about this. Your secret's safe with me, or whatever you have. It might not be a secret. Well, it's not so much a secret. It's just none of us. Okay, so you know before, like you know before the before this week, before the festival and all the goings on of that, we were you know we we saw Miss Bridget quite a bit. She wasn't exactly herself, I wouldn't say, but we were allowed to go upstairs and we get her linens and fix her bed, you know, make her bed and everything and all of that stuff, just like usual. Or you know, well, I wasn't, but you know the 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 lady servants were were able to do that. But the le- the last three days, ever since she's gotten sick, none of us are allowed to go into her room. None of us have seen her. I don't know. It's 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 weird. But uh, you didn't hear that from me. And when he says that, he kind of gets a hitch in his step, takes off, kind of going back to work, tries to fall right back into play. I kind of nod and say, "Thank you. Mm-hmm. You do your lady a service." And then I leave to find what the heck's going on. Okay. Do I know where she stays, where mm, she, her rooms are? No, not really. Uh, so I stop him and say, hey, where are her rooms? Um, they're upstairs, top floor. He's like trying to get away from you now. Okay. I say, thank you. Bye. You turn to go yeah. like back toward the door? Bye. Yeah. Okay. You step over to the door, you push it open, and Braxton Tark is standing right in front of you. I punch him in the nose. <laughs> Do you, oh. oh, God. Oh, boy. And no, it starts. Uh, I say, excuse me, uh, I'm looking for your uh, potty. Oh, the, the lavatory. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was it the same room as the cleanup room? Yes, it's this one right here. Um, yeah, you you obviously know where you are. Yeah, I'm going to gonna go 
go pursue that. Oh, okay. Well, uh, we're about to start dinner, so don't be long. And he just kind of pushes. He's trying to push past you. Long is what I won't be. <laughs> that Braxton, was a, that was an Alanism right there for sure. Braxton, I've saved you a seat, and I point to the one next to me that looks like his wife's. He walks up. He's got a big smile on his face. He kind of looks at you. And he's like, Ah, uh, Saul, right? Of course. You can call me Sussaurus. Um, Sussaurus. Of course, I forget titles sometimes are different for... Of course. Would you like a cigar? Um, Perhaps after dinner, yes. Oh, I prefer them before and after. Uh, well, you know, sometimes a smoke can ruin a dinner. Um, wh- Where's Kjorg, the champion? I heard him muttering something about food and wandered down the hall. Oh, okay. He turns to one of the servants. He says, will you check and see if our half-orc friend is indeed in the kitchens and send him down for dinner, please? And they step through the door and head back that way. Uh, I'm sorry, this is embarrassing, but you may not know, but that's actually my chair that you're sitting in. Oh, you have assigned chairs on this plane. Well, not necessarily assigned on this plane. <laughs> your your language is so strange. Sussaurus? Sussaurus. Yes, well, you know, it's traditional for the mayor. The servants, they're all well-trained to, of course, cater to me as their mayor in this chair. It's... It's traditional. Oh, so this is where they cater the lords. Well, no, they cater... Let's be honest. Most of the time when they're catering to this table, they're catering to the lords, if you know what I mean. So <laughs> oh, what a gentleman. But of course, as the lord of the home, it's my responsibility to sit at the head of the table. I see, I see. Well, in that case, as it is custom, I, I think I will allow you that. And I slowly stand up, just kind of giving them a look like, uh-huh. I'm being real nice, you better, you, better, you better be recognizing it. He goes, thank you? <laughs> yes, um, yes, well, have, have a seat. I'm sure we have a splendid meal waiting for us. We have the best cooks in Branshire here in the first house. Okay, I'll take the next best chair, his wife's. Sure. And sit down. That's right. Well, his wife would typically sit at the opposite end of the table. Oh, man. is But is the chair nicer? Um, It is. It would definitely be. Yeah. I'll say that the one at the end his wife would sit in would definitely be nicer. How far down is it? It's pretty far. <laughs> Saul's going to the other end. Okay. Saul gets up and goes and sit at, sits at the other end. When you do, he's like, so how are you enjoying your stay in Branshire? Honestly, this town's kind of nasty. It's crowded and it stinks. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I I hate to hear that. I have to keep smoking cigars just to deal with the mold and mildew in this place. Kjorg, you're in the kitchen and someone, uh, a halfling comes up to you. Uh, short, very short. Brown hair. He steps up. He says, um, it's, it's, uh, sir, he's kind of tapping on your hip. Sir, mm, mm. Br- uh, the, the mayor is in the dining hall. He was asking for you. I think we're about to start dinner. I'll be there in just a second. Okay. He stands there. He just stands there. Is that main you. guy around? Who? The one who Oh, was... the, like the head dude? Uh, yeah. I'll say he's around. I'm going to put my shoulder on and walk up and put my hand on his shoulder. Okay. You know if the mayor's got any nasty recipes he's cooking up? He just looks at you. He says, <laughs> Wait, I have to have a second. <laughs> <laughs> Um, nasty recipes. Yeah, you know, recipes. Sir, I'm sorry. I have no idea what you're talking about. What nasty recipes? He, the mayor has barely stepped foot in this kitchen since he took office. It, that, I mean, I wasn't really talking about food. He looks at you. 
I've been the head chef here in the first house for 30 years. I can guarantee you nothing nasty's ever been cooked up in here. Still wasn't talking about food. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, he's kind of looking around. He's like, I honestly don't know what to tell you. I don't know anything about any nasty recipes. <laughs> I'm not even sure what that is. But I believe we're about to serve dinner. He looks nice. He sees the halfling stand there who's just staring at you. Just kind of dead-eyed. Bob, what are you doing? You're supposed to be taking care. He says, I'm waiting for uh, this half-orc. His name's Kjorg. He's supposed to go to dinner. Okay, let's go, Bob. And I pick him up and throw him over my shoulder. (laughs) You pick him up, throw him over your shoulder? (laughs) He just rolls with it. And as you're going, the guy's just kind of standing there. His mouth's kind of hanging open. He's got his hand up, but he doesn't say anything. And you just head down the hallway. (laughs) Brackle. Yes. So as you left the room, what did you do? I immediately found the stairs or sought the stairs and climbed them. You know where the stairs were. When you walked in the front door, the opening foyer has a a circular staircase heading up to the second and third floor of the house. So if you make your way back to the front room, you can get to the staircase. As you reach the staircase, what do you do? I climb the stairs. Second or third floor? Wherever I believe Bridget to be. Well, based on what Caleb told you, he said top floor. So you head all the way to the top of the steps. Yes. You I'm all the, the way up. You reach the top of the stairs, and there's like a landing platform, you know, or whatever you'd call that, coming off the steps there. And there's a lavatory right in front of you. You can tell it's for guests or something. On the right side of the hall, the wall is decorated in a more masculine color, probably like a tan with, you know, not much design. And on the left side, there's a more feminine color. Probably, I wouldn't say it'd be like a purple or a pink, but, well, maybe a pink color. That'd probably be pretty easy Lavender. to do. And, you know, it's it's soft and heading down that direction. I go the feminine direction. Okay, you turn <laughs> left, and there's a sh- very short hallway, and there's a door, a very nice door, and on it is inscripted, the lady. I knock gingerly. Okay, you knock on the door. Nothing happens. Kick it open. I try the handle. Okay, you try the handle, and it is locked. I pick the lock. Okay, do you have... With my fingernails. Thieves tools. You don't, you don't have these tools? <laughs> Let me check. No, probably not. Probably not, but maybe. Uh, no, but I do Are you have... saying there's a chance? <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. You do have? Fingernails that have <laughs> been growing out because I've been in the wild. Nope. And I will clip them into the shape of a key. Mm, that's not going to work. That's disgusting. Okay. Do you have some other way of trying to pick the lock? Uh Oh, I have the, the spell, Unlock Door. Oh, that's <laughs> called Knock. Yeah, it is called Knock. I don't oh. have that. I don't think you do. Uh, I cast Hunter's Mark on the door and then break it down. <laughs> <laughs> you cast Hunter's Mark on the door and then subsequently begin to attack it with your arrows. Yes, no. Oh, no. I could use my arrows to pick the lock. No. No. Uh, is there another door open nearby? In this direction, no. Is there any door open to a room on this side of the manor? So when you come up the steps, this area is unlike the rest. The wall on the second floor, as you came up, it is kind of farther back, and there's more. There's you know the hallway and other rooms and such. This one is very close to the steps. It's as if there's a lot more room built behind these walls than there are on the other floors. You see what I'm saying? Just from yeah. what you're looking at, it you would, you would think it's probably almost like a wing dedicated right. to her. Oh, that's intense. 
so there wouldn't be a window facing that window that door there is no window from where you're at right now i mean you would assume there are windows into the room from the outside of the house but from where you are you're nowhere near a window okay there's a banister to your left that's you know down to the foyer and then to your right is a wall okay so based on the outside of the house that i've seen yes would it be feasible to climb to a window that would appear to be hers if you're good at climbing you could probably he is do a it. bird he is. You could probably climb, yeah. I have a plus three climbing. Uh, no, I'm good at athletics and acrobatics. It's either acrobatics or athletics. It's one of those for sure. I think it's normally athletics, but I could be wrong. I think so uh, too, but you would think that you could potentially get there from the outside if you if you were tasked to do so. It endurance. Might, it might be tough. You won't be able to tell exactly what window like leads into her room, but the way that this is set up, you would think that Practically any window from that side would lead farther in than where you are right now. So I do that. So you want to head back downstairs and go outside. I go outside. You head back downstairs, and when you reach the bottom floor, the butler dude and a couple other servants are in the foyer. I just walk out the door. As you approach the door, the oh, butler dude kind of stops. She says, oh, um, where are you going, Brackle? Uh, I'm, I'm, I left a uh, thing. Out, and I got to go get the thing. There's a guy standing there, you notice, who looks different from the rest of them. You don't recognize him at all. In fact, he, he doesn't look friendly at all. He looks dirty, like he's he's done some work recently that wasn't clean, and he probably has never used a lavatory. And he steps up, and he's like, what kind of uh, what kind of thing? You know, one of the wilderness things, like some, some berries that I was going to bring for the meal. I meant to grab them. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't uh, aren't you supposed to be in the dining hall with the mayor right now? Well, I mean, that was certainly a thing that I could be doing right now. But I plan to bring some special berries for the meal, and I don't want to enter and be part of the meal without my gift of berries. Okay, roll me a... Berry check. Deception. Let's go with deception. It's a berry check. I rolled a three. Okay. That's with modifiers because I have a minus one. The guy kind of looks over. Oh, boy. He looks over at the butler and he just kind of shrinks and scoots away. And the dude kind of bellies up on you a little bit. And he says, look, nobody keeps the mayor waiting. If he's waiting on you to join him for dinner, then I suggest that's what you do. Oh, yeah. So about that. He can wait. <laughs> oh. oh, murder in the mayor's house. Yeah, he's not going to wait. And when he says that, he puts his hand on your shoulder to kind of grab you and turn you around. Whenever he puts his hand on me, I grab and do one of those things you see people do on TV where you try to, like, mess with a finger to where it hurts. Okay. Huh. Because I don't want to, I don't want to be manhandled. Well, let's just do a strength v. strength. Okay. Let me check my strength. Okay. Okay. What you got? 18. Oh, man. Or actually, no, 19. Okay. Yeah, you... You, uh... Wait, no, no. 17. I'm sorry. Oh, man. Okay. (laughs) Is it a 17? It's a 17 because I was looking at the save and not the modifier. Yeah, it's not a save. It's a contest. Okay. Yeah. So he also got a 17. Ooh. So as he reaches out and places his left hand on your shoulder, you reach up and grab it and grab his hand to kind of twist it back and rather than him 
putting his strength on you, and rather than you grabbing his finger, he kind of jerks back, and he steps back about a foot from you, and now you're you're facing him. And he reaches down to his waist to grab a sword. I just look at him in the eyes and say, you sure you want to do that? <laughs> he says, are you sure you want to do this? And as he says that, you hear two guys come up from behind you. Oh. And you kind of glance back. You can see there's a dwarf on your left and another man on your right. I was just trying to leave. You're the one who's starting something. I'll be back very soon. I don't believe you. And those two guys are kind of walking forward from behind you. He says, the mayor invited you and your friends to dinner. And unless you're going to reject his hospitality outright, I suggest you go to dinner right now. I reject his hospitality. <laughs> That's how it's going to be. I will not be a prisoner. Oh my God. I will not. This isn't hospitality, sir. Okay. So hang on. Let me roll a 20. Okay. So as you say that, the butler guy that kind of shrunk away at the beginning, he kind of steps back into the room from the direction of, of the kitchens. And he says, uh, look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to tell you how to do your business or anything, but if they are guests of the mayor, he's probably not going to take well to you mistreating them like that. And the big guy turns to him and he says, what do you know, old man? We're the ones supposed to be watching this place. We're the security around here. You're just a butler. And the dwarf stepping back kind of turns toward him, steps up to him. And he's like, what are you going to do about it? And as he says that, a couple more of the servants from the kitchen step into the room and they kind of step up behind him. And you can see that they're like holding like kitchen knives in their hands. <laughs> and they're like, hey, don't don't mess with him. He's, he's trying to help you. You're, you guys are about to really screw this up royally. If you're not careful, you're going to cause a serious problem. And the dwarf steps up and says, what do you know about it? And the big guy, he kind of steps up to you again, Brackle, and He puts his hand on your shoulder again like he's going to try and grab you. <laughs> I grab an arrow and jam it through his hand. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Things was about to escalate. So as he starts to reach for me, I just give him a look in my eyes like he's about to make a bad mistake. Boy. Right. He does it anyway. As he does it, uh, this time, uh, I try to break his arm. Okay. Roll <laughs> Roll me a oh strength gosh. <laughs> contest. We can't do anything in this world. This time he rolled a seven. Fifteen. So uh, he reaches to grab you. When he does, I'm assuming you kind of grab his arm and do some sort of like a twist yeah. on it. Yep. To get leverage and then just like, what do you break it over your shoulder? Yeah, something like that. Is that what you're trying to do? I just, I grab his arm, I twist it, and then crack it. Okay. Roll me a D8. D8. Yeah, roll me a D8. Okay. I got a six. Okay. You bring his arm over your shoulder and using your weight, you crack it over your shoulder. You feel it like backwards just pop. Oh my God. And when you do, he lets out a, just a scream. And within seconds, people are kind of running into the room. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Make Believe Heroes. Sorry, I'm not sure what happened. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna use the Gretchen voice. Uh, thank you for listening this week to another episode of MBH. Here we are again with the mid roll, where I'm here to tell you about everything. 
at least everything that's going on with Make Believe Heroes. So, uh, first of all, I want to say thanks to everyone who participated in the survey that we did for our Patreon account. Uh, we are hoping to get that up and running within the next week or two. Right now, I'm in the process of getting everything put into the website, and I'm really excited about what we have in store, what we're uh, going to be working on. So stay tuned for that, and I promise we will have another giveaway for you very soon. Very soon indeed. But for now, I do have a couple things I want to mention. First of all, DiceEnvy.com is our show sponsor, and DiceEnvy is a place where you can go to fulfill all of your dice needs. I have three, maybe four sets from Dice Envy on my desk right now that I've been using because I have a problem. But if you love dice, you should go check them out. I know that a lot of our fans have already purchased some sets from them. Uh, I know that some of you have been thinking about it, and maybe it's time to go support them. They're a great company that they do a lot to help the D&D community. And actually, they just launched a Kickstarter. If you have heard me talk about these beautiful wooden dice that I have, they just launched a Kickstarter, I think it was today, it may have been yesterday, for seven new sets of wooden dice, and they are gorgeous. They're a little more expensive than your typical acrylic fare, but trust me, you will treasure these. They will be the pinnacle of your collection. So go to Kickstarter and search for Dice Envy to check out that wood Kickstarter that they have going right now and support them. They deserve it. I would be amiss not to mention BattleBards.com, a website that creates amazing sound effects and music that supply an ambience for a gaming table that really is unrivaled anywhere. We use sound effects from a lot of different places in our episodes just because sometimes we have a real variety of needs on an episode-per-episode basis, but tons of the stuff that we use comes from BattleBards.com. They really have an amazing selection, and if you're wanting to add some real flair to your gaming table, you should check them out. And if you go and use the code MBHPODCAST, then you can save 15% off of a BattleBards Prime subscription. That'd be the best thing to do. Just try it out, see if you love it like we do, and hopefully you will. Oh, and by the way, if you happen to buy something from DiceMB.com, you can use the link in our show notes uh, to take you right over there and use that code HEROES to get 10% off your order. I don't want to take much longer before we get right back to Braxton's house where things seem to be heating up because Brackle, uh, I don't know, berries, um, something. Yeah, so I have a couple of five-star reviews I want to read for you. If you want to get your words, your writing read on this show and you're a fan, then all you got to do is go to iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a five-star review. And we will read it eventually on the show during this, the mid-roll. You know, just like friend of the show, Millie 94 Here's his review entitled, Wowzers. I started a week ago and I've already caught up. Podcasts like these help me get through work without having a mental break. Parentheses, the fact that it's D&D helps. Close parentheses. If you're new to D&D and are looking for a podcast to get you started, MBH is a good starting point. Good job, guys. Keep it up. Thanks, B. Millie. That's from back in June. And hopefully you're still loving the show. I know that we love making it for you guys. So thanks so much for the review. And here's another from Mr. Underscore Harriman, entitled Season 2, Episode 2, Five Stars. I was going to wait until this show was done with Season 2 before I made a review. However, the Sword of Truth reference changed my mind to write my first ever review. Thank you for the hours of entertainment you've provided me at work and my free time. I cannot thank you enough for doing all you guys do. If I try getting into details about why I like the show, storyline, and characters, there'll be spoilers, so I'll refrain from that. But they are all well thought out and exciting to listen to. Thank you again. I probably now have more ratings and reviews to give out now that I have given you one. I don't want anyone else getting jealous. Have a good rest of the season. Steve. 
Wow. Thanks, Steve, so much for your kind words. Uh, I know that at least myself and Jeremy are big fans of the Sword of Truth series, so I'm glad we could connect with you on that right there. Thank you again for the review, and we hope that you enjoy the rest of Season 2, which, by the way, is it's getting shorter every day, guys. We're almost there. Finale time. It's coming. Stay tuned. Now we're going to get back into the episode. If you haven't followed us on Twitter, go to MBH Podcast on there and follow us. Go to Facebook.com slash MBH Podcast and, you know, interact with us. Let us know if you're enjoying the show. Let us know what you think and all of that good stuff. So that's enough for me this week. I'll see you next time on The Mid-Roll. So Saul, you're sitting down at the end of the hallway, and Braxton Tarek is kind of hollering down across you. What do you think's taking your friend so long? About that time, Kjorg, you walk through the door. You see Braxton Tarek sitting at the end of the table, and Saul sitting at the other end of the table. You have a halfling thrown over your shoulder. He's just chilling. <laughs> Happy Kwanzaa. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, that's not a thing. <laughs> Braxton says, is that some sort of a festival where you're from? It's a half-orc festival. Ah, okay. Well, um, excellent, Kjorg. Uh, won't you join us? Wh- where is your friend, Brackle? He-, he Maybe he went to get a snackle. <laughs> oh, boy. Braxton, Brackle, you know him. He He's he's like a bird. He's just off picking his hair and, and making sure he was presentable for your table. He was gathering eggs in the wilderness. Oh, <laughs> well, well, of... Of the interactions I've had with Brackle, I wouldn't have thought him to be one to really care for appearances, honestly. Ha, I was surprised by it myself. I mean, it's like no one in this town cares about their appearances. Well, I wouldn't say no one. Well, I mean, maybe maybe you get, sir. What's that swirly design on your chest, anyway? What's that pendant? Oh. It really oh, stands this. out to me. Oh, this pen. Right. Yes, it, it's it's just an old trinket, a family heirloom. Family from where? Where do you hail, good sir? Oh, from the far west, ish. Actually, I've kind of been all over. So you're a traveling man. Uh, I was yes, but I decided to settle down once I found the right lady. Of course. Ah, the right lady, one who's what heir to a small kingdom here. Well, I. I'd barely even considered such things as as I began to court the Lady Bridget. She is quite the beauty. My father would say you're being modest right before he dipped you into a well of fire. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, all right, well. um, So when do they bring you out the pig? About the time that you say that, you hear this, like, full of pain, just guttural scream come from the other end of the house. York. I'm running in that direction with the hobbit over my shoulder. So you just <laughs> keep Bob firmly on your shoulder. You run toward the door? Yes, straight to the door. Okay. Braxton stands up. He looks around. He says, what in the world was that? <laughs> Sounds like fun. Let's go. You take off for the door? Oh, yeah. I'm going right behind Kjorg. Braxton's kind of looking around at the servants, and, and he's kind of he's got this concerned look on his face. You take off after Kjorg. It's not a, it's not a far distance. As you get into the room, what you see, you did not expect to see. And that is a room full of people beating the heck out of each other. (laughs) (laughs) 
the old man uh, has grabbed. He's grabbed what looks like some sort of a like a candlestick, and he is whacking it over the back of the head of this dwarf, while one of the other guys is the dwarf has one of the other younger servants like by the neck and he's punching him in the face uh, you see another man over here facing off with two guys the man's got a sword drawn and the other two are brandishing kitchen knives they both got cuts all over them and over by the door you see well Brackle what have you done with your victim why don't you just tell me victim well after I broke his arm and he screamed did he keep assaulting me because if that was it then if he if he backed down, then I wasn't going to further the matter. But if he kept coming at me... <laughs> Brackle's outside by now. <laughs> uh, he didn't keep coming at you. He hit his knees and grabbed his arm, screaming in sheer pain. Okay, so I just let him be, and I'm trying to defuse the situation to protect the servants who are fighting people who are clearly stronger than they are. Okay, so we'll say that you are stepping in specifically to stop the human that's got a sword drawn on a couple of the servants. Yes. Okay. How do you do so? Uh, so at first, I just say, hey, no blood need be shed here. Yeah, and as you say that, he's, you know, they've already kind of cut on each other. Roll me a persuasion check. Eleven. Yeah, that's not going to be enough to make him stop. He's already got, like, his blood's pumping. He's got his sword drawn, his... his boss or whatever is over there on the ground rolling around with a snapped arm. It's crooked. Everybody can see it. And the two servants that are standing there, that you come up to them and they kind of like look at you and they're, they're on your side. So they're, they're listening to you. But the other guy, he said, no, this is going to end in blood. And he's going to lunge forward and try and like slash at one of them. Okay. So I try to get between, I tell the servants to run and I try to get between him and the servants. And I... I don't draw a sword. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I just try to dodge and disarm. Okay. Uh, here's what I'm going to do then. I'll roll an attack roll because he's going to come at you. And you roll me a contesting dexterity check. Okay. <laughs> Natural one. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Brackle <laughs> dies. And Brackle lost his So face. what's your AC? My AC is 17. 17. So he didn't hit your AC, so you're not going to take damage, but you completely failed to disarm him. And in fact, what happens is, as you, as you kind of jump forward, he swipes over and he actually slashes across the back of one of the servants as they turn to run. Is the servant hurt seriously? Well, they let out a scream and fall on the ground. In the moment, you can't, there's blood. You can't tell if he's like mortally wounded or anything, but you know, he's hit. Sir Braxton, you know how to throw a party. <laughs> I draw my sword at this point. Okay, you draw your sword. Braxton Tarek steps into the room and he says, What is going on here? <laughs> and as he says that, the guy that you've drawn your sword on him just looks at him and he just drops his sword. And the dwarf that's like punching the servant in the face, he just looks at him and he just drops that dude. And the old man just keeps like whacking him on the back of the head with a candlestick. And uh, Saul, you and Kjorg, what do you do? I'm just going to stand there. Well, Saul already said something. Kjord, yeah. just stand there. I sheath my sword and try to cast uh, my last spell slot to heal the guy on the floor, <laughs> the servant. Oh, man. Okay, so you step up and start trying to heal the servant. Yeah. Okay, you heal him. I mean, it wasn't okay. that bad. I mean, it was it was it was hurt, but it wasn't he wasn't dead. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Why did they stop? Was this the entertainment? The security captain or whatever you want to call him is over on the ground, leaned against the back wall, just sweat pouring down his face 
with a crooked arm in his hand. The dwarf is just standing there looking a little bit confused, possibly because he's been hit in the head about 80 times with this candlestick. <laughs> the other guy, is stand, he, he's just kind of standing there looking really nervous. Braxton has looked around the room. He says that, and he sees his captain on the ground over there. He steps over to him. He looks at him. He says, what happened? And the big burly guy says, it was that ranger. He's doing, I don't know. He, he. And Braxton says, tell me what happened. And the dwarf steps up and he says, look, all I can tell you is that the captain there was standing there in some sort of allocation with this ranger when we walked through the door. So I step up. Mm-hmm. I have to say I'm at least partly at fault for this. Uh, so tell me real quick, was the lavatory on the the bottom floor or an upper floor? It, the one that you all went to was on the bottom floor. Okay. First, I went to the lavatory, did my business, and then went to wash up. And something had happened to all of the soap. It was just gone. Uh, all the perfume, <laughs> oh, all the soap, everything. So I didn't want to return to dinner with dirty hands, sanitation and all. So I went looking for another lavatory. And I went upstairs, uh, couldn't find one, didn't want to go peeking indoors. So... I came back down and was a little embarrassed, but I was going to try to go to an, a nearby inn. And I have some soap in my pack at the somewhere, and I was going to try to uh, <laughs> got to stay got to stay clean in the wilderness. And I was going mm. to try to uh, mm-hmm. to clean up and then make it back in time. And I was a little embarrassed, so I told them, you know, I was going after some berries for the dinner, which I'm not quick on my feet. You know that when it comes to comes to talking, but we can tell. Anyway, they wouldn't let me leave and. He tried to roughhouse me, so I broke his arm. And whenever that happened, <laughs> they were attacking the servants, and I was trying to protect- Wait, 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 wait. You, you broke his arm? And he looks down, and when he does, he sees that the dude's totally got a crooked arm. He's like, ha, huh, you broke his arm. <laughs> he put his hands on me. This is not how I expected dinner to go at all. Uh, Alan, roll me a deception check, but I'll give you advantage on it. Okay, that's good. Because that's a pretty pretty intense story that you told. It's an eight. With advantage. Okay. <laughs> he, he looks around the room. We're all gonna die. He looks around the room. He sees people bleeding. You know, his servants are dude's got a broken arm. Other dude's got cuts all over him. The servants got slashed up. He's got he's up and he's better, but he's got blood over his clothes, he says. Well, this is the kind of activity that'll spoil someone's dinner. You're not kidding. No one died. It's ridiculous. By chance though, uh, we should go for the hog. No one died. I could go for some pork. Shall we? Leave the fools to their madness? Uh, he turns to the butler, who's kind of standing there shaking with the candlestick in his hand, and he says, Would you be so kind, sir, as to escort our three guests back to the dining hall? And he says, Yes, sir. And he kind of turns and looks at the three of you. Mm-hmm. Would you Would you three mind to follow me? Is there hog? Of course, sir. And again, my apologies. Yes. But wait, don't you need to wash your hands? Uh, well, there's <laughs> blood on them now, but... Uh, uh, Saul starts walking back. At this point, I'm not worried. Okay. Yeah, just eat it with blood and all. As you begin to follow him back, Braxton says, and please, if you wouldn't mind, stay there. And I'm gonna, like, toss the hobbit to, okay. to Braxton. <laughs> For real? Here, take this. <laughs> you throw him? Yeah. 
Like just a gentle toss. Oh, okay, just a gentle <laughs> toss. He kind of half catches him, half drops him on the ground. And he just looks up at you with this dumbfounded look. Like, what have I done? And uh, as the three of you continue back toward the room, he, he turns to address his his staff. You all go back to the kitchens, or to the dining room, I should say. Oh, yeah. Yes. All right, you're back in the dining hall. There's no one in there except for the butler, and he turns to go back out as soon as you all walk in. What are you doing, Brackle? He tried to roughhouse me. I mean, you could have just killed him and left, or you could have just left. I didn't want to... That, that would have complicated things. I was trying to leave. Complicated and things. Complicated things. Go go sit close to the guy. If, if it goes south, just stab him, okay? You know... Normally, I wouldn't do that, but I think at this point, yes, I'll do that. Uh, Kjorg, do you mind to take take the the place of the people's champion there next to the mayor's seat? Next to the mayor's seat? Yes, yes. The mayor will want to speak to you personally. There's a mayor's seat? Yes, it's... Oh, you geez. see, they have the they have the grand seat Another there at one. the... <laughs> they have that grand seat there at the end of the table. That's the peasant's seat. Now, the seat next to it there... That's the mayor's seat. Go go there and sit there. So I can sit in the big chair? Don't sit in the big chair. That's the peasants. You look toward the front and you see a huge, like, <laughs> beautifully carved, ornate chair with a high back. I mean, it's the coolest chair you've probably this ever seen. It's like a chair for And the then you see some champion. normal chairs. <laughs> oh, man. I was trying so hard. <laughs> I love this seat. You go to the mayor's chair? Yeah. And you sit in the mayor's chair. Okay. Brackle, what do you do? You go back to your <laughs> circumspect stance. Uh, this time I just sit down. Okay, you go sit down. I'll you look. sit down next to the mayor's chair. Oh uh, no, I'll put I put one buffer, one buffer chair away. Yeah, I could reach him. I'm still gonna take the uh, the t- the the chair opposite, all the way at the other, other end. Table. Okay, you all wait. A yeah, couple. is there food? There is some food on the table. Yeah, I mean, there's like some sides, and it looks like they haven't brought out like the meat. Yet. Oh, Saul's already, he's he's made him a plate. But there's potatoes, there's corn, you know, we've already established fried corn, probably. Yeah, he's just picking through, kind of upset that there's no meat yet. Yep, there's gravy. Smoking you know, that cigar. Some bread, some cheese. Some he doesn't really understand gravy. I prop my feet up, I take a long draw from my cigar, and I pick it, whatever food we got there, and I wait. Okay, after a couple of minutes... Tarek comes walking back into the room. He's kind of dusts himself off. He he steps through the door closed behind him. He just kind of scans the room and looks at the three of you. He sees Kjorg sitting at the front in his chair. <laughs> when he does, his eyes kind of close. He's just like... <sighs> he lets out a kind of a frustrated sigh. He's kind of a dullard, good sir. And then he doesn't say anything. He just walks over to kind of like the middle of the table on this side of it, and he just sits down. <laughs> he says... I'd like to know, if I could ask, why are you three here? For dinner. You requested to meet with us. Yes, I invited you to dinner. I want you all involved, but I have to admit, some of your behavior since you've entered in my home has has come across as somewhat suspect, wouldn't you think? Suspect? Yes, I mean, I, the, remember, he's not from this plane. The only thing suspect in this this dinner is the lack of meat. Saul or Satsaris, whatever. Listen, I, I get, Satsaris. I understand what you're saying, but I come in, we've invited you to dinner. Kjorg is somewhere in the kitchens. Brackle, I don't know what's going on out there, but 
you're breaking the arms of our protection, people that are hired here to protect myself and my wife and, I mean, anyone in the house, so you as well, if you're staying here. He Let, let me explain, uh, good sir. Let me explain. It's this simple. I am here to help you. I wanted to help you save the princess. I We went on a mission. That mission didn't go exactly as expected. We've come here. We're more or less waiting for you to send us on our next journey. You offered us dinner and a place to stay, so we took you up upon it. So, to explain my companions, hmm. the, the champion there, he is a champion of strength, not of mind. I'm sure he was just interested in what kind of larders you had. And <laughs> this other one, uh, excuse me, Brackle, but I believe... Even in hell, we call your types hermits, right? Not really used to humankind or hellish kind. <laughs> wow. You just kind of live in the woods and, and forage eggs and berries. Is that right? That's, yeah, that's right. Let's do it. Let's go with it. <laughs> Good sir, Tarek. You have before you a prince of the nine hells, a hermit, and a dullard. I understand it's difficult for men of our stature to grasp dealing with these types, hermits and dullards and, you know, they're great tools. They're they're excellent to uh, have in your army, to run your torture pits, to shod your horses or, you know, forage for berries and fight battles for you. Uh, I, I'm sorry that they have to stay here in the main home with us tonight, but uh, perhaps we'll, we'll have a more pleasant evening and uh, a good night's sleep. And tomorrow you'll be able to point us in the direction of our most value to uh, your purpose. Wait, who's a dullard? My point, exactly. He turns, he looks at you, Kjorg, he looks at Brackle, and he says, Do you have anything to say? Dad? Let's eat. <laughs> <laughs> he, he chuckles, he looks at Brackle. Uh, I just, again, want to apologize. I don't know if it was a misunderstanding, but your man, I felt threatened by him, so... Uh, but things got way out of hand, and again, I'm sorry. I should have diffused the situation in a much less violent way. So, so tell me, how how is it that you need such guards in a, such a small town as this? Um, real quick, Saul, roll me a <laughs> advantage persuasion. It's a 17. That's pretty good. Okay. You feel like your story and your... Well, your speech really kind of brought him back down some. But what was it you asked? You asked why Why would he need some protection in a town like this? Yep. Well, let's just say that it's come to my attention that not everyone in Branshire is particularly pleased with the fact that I have become their lord. Why would that be? Brackle may be able to inform you a little more, being a native to Branshire, but... The Solaran family have led this town for, well, since its beginning. It was a Solaran that established the town in the beginning, and it was a Solaran that held this office until now. And unfortunately, uh, my wife's father was, he fell ill shortly after I met Bridget, and he he passed. And because of that, you know, I, I became the leader, married to the heir apparent, and now that I'm the mayor, I'm afraid Branchard is a very welcoming place, and I've had good experiences for the most part, but I would be lying if I said that there weren't some people who have expressed their displeasure at the way that I've done things, but I'm simply trying to make this town a better place. And he kind of scans the room. <laughs> uh, I, 
it appears that you are. So you mean the peasants of this plane? They don't understand politics. You you married the the Salarn family. You you are the heir to this township, as pitisome as it is. Uh, well, it's 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 perfectly legal. It's I didn't make the laws. I simply fell in love, and because of that, I was given this responsibility, and I'm doing the best that I can with it. But. Look, tonight has been a mishap from the beginning. Shall we begin with dinner and put this all behind us? Please, bring forth the wine. All right, he gets up, he walks toward the end table. He says, Sir Kjorg, if if you wouldn't mind, that is the mayor's chair. I would much appreciate it if you would allow me to sit in it. Oh, this is the mayor's chair. Yes, this, I mean, yes, that's the mayor's chair. I was informed it was a peasant's chair, but it looked pretty nice to me. Ah, yes, um... It's a mayor's. This is, yeah, it's the my chair. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> you give him the chair? I'll just look at him for a few seconds. Okay. And, like, and then I get up and, and go get to up. a different chair. Food starts pouring in. Pork, turkey, some beef, you know, just all kinds of meat, potatoes, everything come, comes rolling in. And you guys just kind of tear into it, I'm assuming. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I just pick at it. Kjorg is probably going full on. I do so in such a way that doesn't seem like I'm disinterested in the food, but I'm not. I'm not enthusiastic. I understand. So we'll pay attention to whether or not Braxton eats. Braxton's eating. Okay. He's eating normal, just like you'd expect a lord to eat. He's e- eating along with him. He's eating. So, you all sit there. There's some conversation. It's very, very trivial. Very shallow conversation the opportunity of having any deep conversation passed probably with all the junk that took place but is there anything that you guys are wanting to ask him during dinner uh, at some point Saul will cut through the uh, the small talk and be like mm-hmm. so Tarek now that you have a small kingdom here uh, are you interested in establishing establishing trade with the nine hells with my home world um, what sort of trade does your, what sort of trade is there between this realm and that? Well, realm? of course, we specialize in muscle. I guess is the best way. You, you know, your ruffians are—they're really a pittance. Whenever you could, you know, have a balor at your front gate, or you know, a couple weights. I'm not sure that that would fly very well in Branshire, especially when I'm trying to. Oh, I have imps that could fly, and no one would see them. They—they they have invisibility. <laughs> well, perhaps I, I'll let you know if I have any need. Absolutely. I have excellent contacts. Okay. Their names, well, I really don't, I don't remember their names. Hmm. I'm sure it'll come to you. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Brackle, were you going to say something? Uh, I was going to say perhaps it's wise not to bring, but then I, then I back out. I just kind of demur. <laughs> gotcha. So, you know any nasty recipes? And he looks over at you and he says, I'm, I'm sorry, is there something in the meal dissatisfactory? Should I call for the kitchen? Should I have something else prepared? No, that they seem like they know how to do their job. Right, yes. Yeah, the best cooks in, in Branch are here in the first house. So I just, was just asking if you know any nasty recipes. Nasty? Um, no, nope, I can't think of any. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Is that a dirty joke? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Brackle says. So, with the basic conversation just over mm-hmm. the whole meal, can I have an insight check to see if Tarek... Like, what kind of vibe does Saul get off of him? Does okay. he feel like he's actually hiding anything, or is he just somebody who happened? Like, did he just murder or poison these people to take this seat, or 
I don't know. Does he give me a creepy vibe, or do I just roll it? Maybe, maybe not. It's not great. It's a six on the dice. Six plus. What would that be? Insight. Insight. It's just a six. Just a six total. Here's your takeaway. He is hard to get a read on. Okay. You're you are struggling to get a read on this guy. So he might be a politician. I mean, he's hard. It's hard to get a read on him. Okay. Okay. As the meal is winding down, they bring out the dessert. It's delicious. Cobbler. Some of the best you've ever had. I mean, mm. you're, if you've eaten to your fullest, you are full to the point of death. Cobweb, cobweb. Oh, Tarek, this Ooh. is so good. Uh, did the lady Bridget make it? Oh, no, I'm... No, the lady, she's she's not... She doesn't work in the kitchens, I'm afraid. Oh, where where is the lady? Oh, I'm afraid she's still... A bit under the weather. She she is, seems to be making somewhat of a recovery. I'm hoping that she'll be able to join us in the parade tomorrow in, in the festivities for the final day of the festival. She doesn't feel well. Like what kind of? I oh you our, know just tired. Our good man Brackle here. Uh, you just saw has magical healing abilities. Oh well, it's it's not really that kind. He's just t- really tired and un, you know a cold probably something like that. Oh, so he's. I'm really hoping she'll be up to it tomorrow. I, she just hasn't seemed seemed herself lately. Hoping that that'll be different for tomorrow's the final day of the festival. So he kind of finishes up. He kind of looks at the servants. They start cleaning up. He says, well, I do have some things to look to before I tuck in for the night, but I'll have the servants show you your quarters for the night. Yes, you'll be staying with us. Please, please. He stands up and he says, and, and um, Brackle, don't go breaking the arms of any of my help, you know. He kind of chuckles. <laughs> yeah, that shouldn't be a problem is what I say. He says, uh, I'm just joking. It's just just joking. I'm sure you are. Um, I don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Well, you. I uh, hope that you three have a, a good night's sleep, and I'll see you in the morning. Thank you, my my good sir. Good night. He steps out of the dining hall, and, and there's a couple servants that are holding the door open to you, and they're, they're, one of them says, we'll, we'll show you to your rooms. Is there a halfling there? Is it a good one or a bad one? Servants. Oh, these are Branchar servants. Okay. Lead the way. Were they part of the hubbub outside? No, they were part of the ones working in the kitchen. Okay. You haven't seen the ones that were part of the hubbub outside. Is Bob there? Bob? Uh, nope, Bob's not there. Do you follow them to your rooms? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. They lead you up the step to the second floor, and there are a number of guest rooms up here. They show you each to your own. They're right next to each other, one, two, and three. On the right side, if you were to go down that hallway, and you know they seem very amenable. There's a, a chamber pot, a nice fluffy bed, you know, pillows, basically anything you could want for a night's stay. Cool. I need some rest. These servants kind of look at you and they say, if there's anything that you need, don't hesitate to ask any of us. We'll be glad to help you out. Cool. Uh, once they leave, I just, I'm going in my room. I'm not going to shut the door. I'm going to leave it open for now. And I'm going to walk over to the bed and kind of give it a weird look. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to pull all the covers off of it and lay down the floor. Okay. And I'm going to stay fully clothed under my covers. Yes. And oh. I'm, I'm going to light a cigar. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to lay there in the floor with the covers, and I'm going to smoke a cigar. Kjorg, you go in your room? Yes. Okay. I'm going to start jumping on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Kjorg's jumping on the bed in his room. Brackle, what are you doing? So I go to my room, and I inspect it closely. To see if there's anything in here that could be anything at all. Hmm. You inspect it and you don't find anything like nothing seems out of place. It seems like a very well-kept, normal 
guest room. Why? I don't know. It just does. <laughs> okay. Uh, I give up on trying to find Bridget. Or, yeah, Bridget. So, I guess I go to bed. Okay. So, you all go to bed? Well, Saul's not going to go to sleep. He's going to lay there for a while until he figures out when 3.33 is. Okay, that's fine. Either way, we're going to cut it right there with, man, things get just got so hairy there for a minute. I didn't really know what yeah, was going to happen. Dracula. No, that's great. I love it. I loved every second of it. Uh, this I, is another episode where someone almost ruined everything. A part of me really wanted to throw you guys in some sort of jail cell or something. You know, I really did, but I didn't. Uh, I let the dice decide. Thanks again to everyone that has tuned in and listened. We will see you next week for the exciting conclusion of A Night in the First House. We love you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.